I want to take a minute to tell everyone about the app that helps make this show possible. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Most importantly, it's free. I always got to lead with that. If you're new to podcasting and feel a little intimidated by the whole process, Anchor doesn't charge you a dime to set up an account, so it's a great app to use while you get your feet wet. You also don't have to be an audio engineer to produce your own show. Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your own phone, tablet, or computer. You can do it anywhere. You can do it in your bedroom, fit into your closet if you can, go into a garage. You don't always have to have a fancy studio to uh, make a podcast happen. You really just need something you're passionate about and a chance to click record. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Music, Spreaker, Overcast, and many other platforms. You don't have to go log into each account and submit an RSS feed. Anchor takes care of that for you. Not only is Anchor free, but you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I've been doing this show for 10 months and I've already been able to quit full time at my day job and just work part time. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one easy to use place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Remember, that's Anchor, 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 like from a boat. Welcome back to another episode of Cake and Conversation. This is episode 17, and I want to thank everyone for checking it out. I'm your host, as always, Jay Vite. If you're a first-time listener, uh, no worries. You'll fit right in because this is a show anyone can relate can relate to. There's always one piece of information in every episode that somebody can relate to. Um, each week, I sit down and feature a different guest. I bring their favorite dessert. And I give them a platform to share their stories and promote their content, talk about their journey, their life so far, and where they see themselves. Generally, the concept behind the show is to feature Houston area creative-minded people, such as writers, artists, musicians, producers, etc. Anybody creative. However, I've decided in the next few weeks to feature guests who are public servants and others who have made an impact in their communities. People like teachers, military, law enforcement, and city officials are a few of the conversations I have lined up for everyone. Now that I have a, a respected and established platform for my voice to be heard, I feel as though it's extremely important to use this platform to bring you all guests who help to impact our lives on a daily basis and to also give them a chance to let their voice be heard when it might otherwise not have the opportunity. Before I introduce this week's guest, I want to remind everyone that you can and you should click the link on the show page to send me a voice message. I love getting messages and having the chance to include them in episodes. Plus, I really enjoy people's feedback, even if it's critical, because that's how you grow. Also, if you'd like to donate to Cake and Conversation, you can find the link for that as well on each episode page at the bottom of the show summary. You just click that link, it'll take you to the next page to give you the option to sign up. The show isn't about making money yet, but as I continue to build and grow this show, 
I'm willing to invest in myself. And while I love doing it, I am doing it for free. So I, I genuinely appreciate everyone who has signed up already to help out. Uh, moving along, this week's guest has been my best friend since the first grade when I moved on to the same street as him. Collier Crisp and I go way back. And over the years, he's turned into an excellent home cook, which was surprising to me because I knew him as a picky eater growing up. He may not have his own restaurant, but when it comes to putting meals together, I trust this man more than most. He also recently started a YouTube channel where he posts quick, funny, outrageous videos in order to try to help people get a fast laugh in. Given today's overall social climate, we could all use a 30 second laugh as we deal with the reality around us. On YouTube, search Doppler Crisp. That's D-O-P-P-L-E-R. His last name is Crisp, C-R-I-S-P. And subscribe to his crispy content channel. 100% his first video will make you laugh, and you deserve that. Those that know him best will say that he's extremely goofy, but one of the things I've always respected about him was that he doesn't give two flying fucks about what anybody thinks of him. He's 100% genuine, and sometimes that rubs people the wrong way, but you'll never have to guess where you stand with him. I got to hang out with Collier over the weekend for the first time in a few months. His favorite dessert is Rocky Road ice cream, and while he already had some in the freezer, we never actually got around to enjoying some. Instead, I brought over two pounds of ground beef for hamburgers, some onions, serrano peppers. And because he was also gonna help me wash my car, I grabbed him a 12-pack of Hopadillo. So at the time, yeah, we were sharing some beverages. He's recently gained an interest in trying to create content, like I mentioned before, whether that be funny videos on YouTube or trying his hand at creating a podcast himself. So I brought my laptop and mic over and figured I'd help him get started. I mentioned before that he's a great home cook, so I wanted to record a segment with him about his process of making burgers. And while it was a solid 20 minute segment, it was more meant to be done video style. The next segment we recorded goes for 30 minutes and we get into the importance of bringing fresh cooked meals to life for friends and loved ones. We also talk about trying to fill a competitive void created by no longer playing baseball and eventually filling that void by learning to cook. As I mentioned, yeah, he was a picky eater growing up, like frozen pizzas and Hot Pockets and ham and cheese sandwiches. So for him to turn into the cook that he has is pretty amazing, actually. I had a great time hanging out with Collier, and I think that translates well during this conversation. I hope it brings a smile to your face because it did to mine. We're in chaotic times as a society right now, and everyone needs a quick break to ease the mind and I want to thank everyone again for pressing play and giving me and my best friend a chance to bring a smile to your face. Without further ado, here's hamburgers and call your crisp. We just finished the burgers. I'm almost regretting the decision because I don't know if I want to even finish this episode. I kind of want to take a nap now. Uh, burger was excellent, obviously. It's juicy, nice, crisp, almost like bark to the outside. As soon as you bite into it, I mean, it waters in your mouth. So safe to say it was excellent. Uh, as some of the listeners already know, uh, you and I, Collier, have known each other since we were seven years old. First grade. Yep. Grew up on the same street. I mean, we used to set up lemonade stands and hustle neighbors <laughs> at a 
you know, hustle neighbors out of lemonade cups and shit. We actually got in trouble growing up, not in trouble, but uh, we didn't know any better. And when we're serving the lemonade at Collier's house, we served it in the house cups instead of getting little plastic oh, cups. My and, dad was pissed. Yeah, your dad came home and was like, you're giving away our cups? <laughs> like They said they'll bring you back. They'll bring them back. They'll yeah. bring them back. <laughs> I can't remember if they bring them back. They or not, did. They ended up, it was like six o'clock at night. They brought them back. Yeah. It was funny. And uh, if we weren't trying to be creative with that and different things growing up, uh, mainly we were playing sports, specifically baseball, year-round, very, very competitively. And we can get into that at another time. Uh, but baseball is a big part of the lives. As far as food goes, growing up, I remember you being a super picky eater. I mean, mm. we lived off of frozen pizzas. And, like, if you were getting a burger, plain and dry, meat bread. Yeah. Maybe cheese. I can't remember. No, I wasn't meat. much of a cheese eater back then either. Yeah, no it kind of sauce. It was plain and dry. Nothing. Yeah. And things have obviously changed in the 15 to 20 years since. All right now, obviously, you wouldn't be here. I consider you to be an excellent home cook. Do you think there was a relation between your baseball career kind of ending and you discovering a passion for cooking? Like maybe you were trying to fill that competitive void. So more so than art, it was almost the competitive nature of I want to cook better than you since I can't whoop your ass in baseball no more. Uh, I mean, if you now that you say it like that, yeah. I mean, I, I was I was always one that I want to outdo you no matter what it was. If we were playing tiddlywinks, I wanted to win so damn bad. At, like, I, I was so competitive. I, I'll go real quick into this little story. I was at the church, and I remember this. Our youth pastor was telling me I could not beat six of them against me in volleyball. And it was six <laughs> six people in volleyball I versus me. In the gym, that. and I won. And it pissed them all off, you know, I, it, but it was, that's my competitiveness. Dude, we used to race taking out the trash. Our parents, <laughs> our parents would use our competitiveness against us and be like, we'll see who can take the trash out quickest. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I mean, going into the, back to the cooking, um, you know, it was, it was always something that, you know, intrigued me, you know, after I, I developed that palate. Palate which is a big thing. And that happens as you get older. Your palate's going to grow. Your palate's change, yes. When was the first time? Okay, so Mr. Plain and Dry, uh, what was the reason why you started wanting to experiment with different foods? How old were you or when was who was that person? I was like, just take a bite because you're hard-headed. You would not take a bite of nothing growing up. Yeah. At some point, you had somebody well, had to convince you to be like, okay, I'm going to try this. Well, first growing up, my dad used to force food down my throat. You know, mashed potatoes. <laughs> eat this. You're going to eat this. Well, Anyways, well, fast forward, I was, you know, 20 years old. I, I went to Missouri County Jail. You got to eat. I mean, if you if you want food, you better eat. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, if you want food, you're going to eat. So it didn't matter what it was. I mean, I was going to eat it. Obviously, that helped. But um, my stepdad, Sean, at the time, he, he really... It was, he was really the one. He showed me that every food could have a characteristic to it. You could add this to it and do this to it and make it this. You can do this and make it this. And you could. Little was, changes here and there really enhance the food to where anybody can make a burger, but you do a little. You, you, you can tweak it a little bit and you can make a burger into a burger. Yeah, you know? it's a you world could, of difference. Yeah, you could. Or you could, the like asparagus, you know, 
my, my favorite asparagus recipe. You, I take asparagus the same way I kind of do the green beans. You wrap them in olive oil. You throw a little bit. Of, as soon as you cook them, as soon as the ends, if, if they if they flop over and touch the ends end to end, they're done. You throw a little bit of garlic salt on them and done, just like that. And that's 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 something that you know it's always it's it just drives me. It, it's I love it, man. I, I love it. I love cooking. I love the fact that. I love putting a smile on somebody's face after I'm I serve them the food. You know, it's it's like whenever at the softball fields they say we're going back to HEB to buy some asparagus for you to cook, and that might be somebody on the opposite team. I'm not even or on the I mean my opponent. I mean it's somebody that I'm not even on my team, but they're like, hey, damn dude, those asparagus are good. Will you cook us some? But I will go and I'll go get – fine with me. Just go get what I need and I'll, I'll cook it. You like that reward of making the somebody happy. The satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when we were talking about this earlier off off mic, people – anybody can relate to this. We're always going through stuff day-to-day, whatever, stress, inconveniences, just dealing with life. And if you can take 10 minutes out of your day, you're serving them food. They get to sit down for 10 minutes and take a bite. And it relates to me with the cake and conversation concept. You take a bite of the cake, you can see the look on their face when they just let out a deep breath like, oh, it's a momentary bliss. Right, right. And that in turn is a reward for you. It's not even, you don't, it's not about the money. It's like, sure, you want to sell burgers. We all want to have a business, but yeah. you do that shit for free. You do it for free. The last, I, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, 100%, man. I just, I enjoy, like today, you come over, you, you, you eat some, some hamburgers, um, you enjoy it, you know. You you mm-hmm. took a bite and you're like, I said, hey, I just want you to try this. That's what I tell you. I want you to try this. Take it was, a bite. Yeah, yesterday. Hey, try try this fajitas real quick. You know, try try this. Yep. Just take a bite. I told your brother Jordan. He's not much of an eater. I try this, dude. He takes a bite. Oh, God, that's good. Yeah. It excites me. That it it, it it brings pleasure to me. It's it an does. endorphin rush both ways. The person taking the bite gets that comforting endorphin rush, and then you get that reward of seeing, yes, they love it. Yeah. It's um, it's justification. It, it's proving that what you're doing serves a purpose. Right. And no matter what the end outcome is, what the result is, you're you, if you served a purpose, we're good. That's what we wake up each day. You want to serve a purpose. We're building a house one brick at a time. Yeah. Today, that brick was motherfucking hamburgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people that know you best, like close friends and family, and we've mentioned this earlier, we definitely consider you to be OCD. I mean, you can admit to that, no problem. Yeah. Especially for a dude, uh, you're pretty well kept. As far as your cooking style, does that translate the same way? I know you like to be routine. Do you follow specific steps every single time, or are you more of a free spirit type of a cooker? Um, so I do have my certain recipes that I like. I I have, um, there's some recipes that you have to follow. Like, like I was saying earlier, my stepdad, Sean, I I have probably about six to seven recipes of his that I will follow to a T. And I've asked for permission whenever I open my restaurant or my little shack or my food truck, that I could have those recipes. He gave me his blessing. And I have those recipes laminated. They are one of them, the chicken noodle soup recipe I'm going to give to you tonight to take yeah, home. I need that later tonight, actually. Yeah. Um, we were talking about that earlier. I want to make a badass soup. And he's like, I got a recipe for you. And, and it's, it's something that, you know, there's six or seven of them that I have 
I, I will follow, but as far as cooking hamburgers and chicken and steak, I kind of, I like to branch out and I, I will, I'm a, I'm a swinger. I'm a swinger with the meat. That sounds a little bit. <laughs> That's a good way to put it, though. Uh, but I'm a, I, I, I You'll like experiment to, a little I'll here. Experiment, and there. I do, I, and I will tell you straight up. When I cook something, most of the time I don't like it. My wife and Nana, um, my mom, my dad, they'll tell me, "Oh, that's great, God, Carter, that's good." But I go, "Oh, man, I'm missing something. I'm always missing something." No matter what I cook, I feel like I'm always missing something. And that's what I think always brings out the best in me. Is because I feel like I'm always missing something. Nothing's ever good enough. No matter how good I cook it. No matter how good. I can sit there for 14 hours over this grill. 14 hours over that stove. Or even a meatloaf. I'm lying. I can cook a damn good meatloaf. But But the, the concept is never settling. Right. And like we were exactly. talking about earlier. You get the joy from them enjoying it. Like. Whether they like the food that makes you happy, but it's also good to be a little self-critical. And what I've mentioned before, talking with a lot of other guests that I've had on, and from what I've learned from mentors, you put content out, which in your case, content is the burger. Mm-hmm. You let the people, and in your case, literally digest it, <laughs> like digest the content, the music, the picture. And while they're digesting it and giving you feedback, it's good to have criticism, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, you can't overthink it like with my episodes there's some episodes honestly i don't listen to anymore because i don't like them but you put content out and people still listen to the whole inventory that i got and while they're listening to that while they're eating your burger you're working on the next thing yeah you know you gotta so that's how it all relates that's why i wanted to have you on people say hey it's kegging conversation i try to stick with creative people home cook is very creative and it's something everybody can relate to you know everybody listening to this show right now in some form or fashion, is a home cook. I don't need to have a celebrity chef on. That's intimidating. We're not celebrity chefs. Right. But somebody like you, hey, anybody can make a burger. You can Google how to make the juiciest burgers and follow that recipe. And it'll say half a teaspoon of this, half a teaspoon of that. Mm-hmm. But when you hear it from somebody who does it on the daily, it resonates a little better. It's like, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. And maybe we don't follow your exact burger recipe, but somebody's out there making burgers and they don't do the olive oil. And now they're going to start right. doing olive oil every but you, time. That's exactly what I was about to say. You might be taking bits and pieces of what I do that make what you do a little bit better. Better, Exactly. Yeah. Well, the green bean thing, like I'll do, I use ranch seasoning now, even on the other stuff. Those yeah. little packets of ranch seasoning. I like the Fiesta one in particular, yeah. especially being in Texas. We love our Tex-Mex, our Fiestas, uh-huh. our little bit of a tang and spice to it. Yeah, that ranch seasoning goes a long way. And it's little things like that that you can take from it. And it just going back, it makes stuff productive. And that's, you know, if we're happy being productive, that's the whole point. Always yeah. do something. Take a step forward, you know. Uh, so OCD, one thing you talk about, one thing that bothers you, and one thing you're really good at, my grandmother in particular loves <laughs> when you cook because you clean as you go. Yeah. And that's a very, you're not, you're not trained in like culinary school. But no. That's one of the things they would teach you. You know, you would be able to lead a class almost in culinary school already. I sure could. Because what's the importance of cleaning as you go? Just real quick. So, you know, most people, they cook. And, you know, you cook and say, I'll use an example of fried chicken. You got, most people use an egg. They use a flour. 
and they have a container for their egg and they have a container for their flour. And then they have their, their pan that they fry their chicken in. And then all these pans, all these dishes, and they just take them at the end and throw them in the damn sink. And most people have kids, and they say, you're turning to wash the dishes, son. You're turning to wash the dishes, daughter. Well, to me, as somebody that cooks all the time, that kind of frustrates me because I know how simple it is to simply take that little container that you put egg in and take it over to the sink and wipe it out with hot water, throw a little bit of soap, and rinse it off. Rinse yeah. it off as you go. And cons- well, that's with everything. No matter what you cook, you can always clean as you go. Right. I use a lot of utensils. My wife gets on to me all the time. Why are you using 12 forks for this? Well, I needed 12 forks for what I, I thought I needed 12 forks. Yeah. I might not have needed 12, but I thought I did. I'm cleaning the damn thing, so why does it yeah. matter? It's one of the things I get <laughs> almost insecure about cooking sometimes. Like, say I got three different pots going and I'm trying to make a quick meal. I almost don't want to grab three spatulas because I'm like, why do I need to wait? Almost like you're wasting a spatula. So that's just something I struggle with, though, is like, say I'm a home cooker or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh, I got to use this spatula to stir for the spaghetti. And this one's the meat on the other thing. And, but <laughs> then you got me back into my whenever I was a kid. If I seen my stepmother taking that same spoon and dipping the macaroni into the green beans, I was not eating the green beans. No, you don't like to mix stuff. No, I'm not mixing that up. And that's that's something at a restaurant. And that's also cross-contamination stuff that goes in there, too. You'll yeah. learn that whenever you go to food safety. Right. You can't cr- you start cross-contaminating things. Well, that, that has its own... It affects flavor, even if it doesn't affect, it's done for a safety issue, but it'll affect flavor. Exactly. Because anybody that's worked in a kitchen in a restaurant knows you have your different colors of cutting boards for chicken, pork, veggies. Different handles have different tapes on the handles. Right. You only cut chicken with this knife. Right. And I mean, as a home cook again, like you don't put that, you don't have to put that much pressure on yourself, but it's good to pay attention to those details. Another important part of the cleaning as you go, what I feel like incorporates the whole experience when the food is ready and you tell people, hey, come make your plate, come into the kitchen, and they walk into that kitchen and the kitchen's already fucking kitchen's spotless. Clean. Dude, I'm telling you, I guess it's personal for me because I go off of my grandmother's reaction and that's like my favorite lady in yeah. the whole world. My so when I see her just go, oh my God, before she'll walk into the kitchen, oh my God. Because she's used to walking in there and, that's a mess. and yeah. having to clean it already. You know, and She's having to clean it after she's... I don't want that. And you know, and people are cool with, honestly, like if you're willing to cook, it's cool to have that team that says, hey, you cooked, I'll clean. That's fine. But you're willing to go. It's a part of, hey, I'm a home cook. And part of that job description is I'm cleaning too. It's not a compromise. I feel like if I cook it, I'm cleaning. Cleaning also. If I cook it, I'm cleaning it. Because the next day, if you go to cook, those dishes are going to be clean because of me. Yeah. I'm not going to cook it. You clean it. And then somebody else go to cook it and say, why is that dish not clean? Yeah. Matter of fact, off the top, I can relate to that as a bartender between a.m. shift and p.m. shift. You know, or when you're shaking up a, oh, it's a quick pet peeve. I don't want to stray too far, but shaking up a margarita or shaking up some shots for people. And you put the shots all in the cup. Yeah. I work over the years and even currently, I'll work with bartenders that put the shots in the drink, set the strainer down, still connected with ice or whatever, and they take the shots and they're talking to the guests and blah, blah, blah. It takes you two seconds to fucking take that shaker, empty it, clean Clean it, it. and then serve the shot. Right. And then the guest, like, 
you feel like, oh, I want to get to the, sh- I want to get them the shots quick. What's an extra five seconds? And the guest is watching you make it. They see that you clean it. They actually like that like you're that. doing the full thing. They'll wait three seconds for yeah, a for shot. Sure. Yeah. It just, it almost now, goes back to about, laziness. I, and thinking about that, I'm not a bartender. And if I'm sitting there and I see somebody do that, <laughs> well, they care. They, they're thinking about the little details. Respect. And it's respect yeah. for the glass, for the, the cleanliness, it, and I get that. That's that's good. The way to put that. Well, and cleanliness can be a pain in the ass. Nobody likes to necessarily do it. And leading into that, maybe this isn't the answer, but what's your least favorite part? Just home cooking in general, the whole process, negatives, positives. What's your least favorite part? Um, I mean, my least favorite part, man. Obviously, it's going to be the cleanup. I mean, you know. I love preparing the food because I'm getting it ready. I'm it, I'm putting my time and my sweat into it. I'm getting excited about seasoning the meat and seasoning the vegetables and the, getting everything ready. But I hate that, you know, I don't hate to clean up because as me personally, I look as the cleanup is still cooking. The cleanup is still cooking to me. Right. So, well, hey, when the chicken's in the fryer and you got three minutes before you got to flip mean, it or however long, whatever, burger, yeah. you got three minutes to kill. We can do stand there. No, no, exa- no exactly. The I, I guarantee you, if you videoed me, I drop burgers. Bam, bam. Seven minutes is how long it's going to take me to go back to those burgers if I got them on low on, on a propane grill. When I come back to those burgers, I guarantee you, every single thing that I've done got ready or I had prepared for those burgers is clean now. And when I come back, I guarantee I'll clean a cutting board four or five times before it's all said and done. Right. Because you use it for veggies, meat. I'll clean it for four or five times before it's all said and done between the meal. Yep. I can't lie. And, I mean, we're best friends. People can say biased or gassing up or this or that. But, like, I've learned stuff from you over the years. And when I'm sitting there thinking and cooking and doing stuff, it comes to me like, oh, Collier would be doing this right now. And I'm not trying to necessarily emulate you or even be the cook that you are, but you take those lessons you learn and apply them. It's like, even if I honestly, even if I don't do it and I'm sitting there and like, fuck, it's a mess. I'm tired. I got my own shit going on. I don't want to clean up right now, whatever. But I'm like, damn, call you to have this hoe. It's not cleaned up. It's not things that that I just created my own. You know, it's not something that I'm like, oh, Mr. Chris, I created this shit and I want to do it this way. No. It's things that I have learned over my process and things that I have been in. I've, I watch the Cooking Network all the time. I, you know, but from learning mostly from my stepdad, the man taught me a lot. The man taught me, you know, hey, because he was a single dad for a long time. 13 years before he met my mom. And then, you know, my mom showed him some things. And then, but my point is, is that, he showed me, hey, I can do this while I'm doing this, and I can do this while I'm doing I can multitask yeah. in that kitchen. I don't need a dishwasher and somebody to go serve the food and go check on the meat. and Take I the do, trash out. Take the trash out. I can do all that shit myself because what's an extra two or three minutes? Because that food, that burger's over there for seven. If you sit there and you set a watch, bam, seven minutes on your watch. Seven minutes is a long time. Right. I, can, I guarantee I can wash your entire rack of dishes. Yeah. Seven minutes Guaranteed. Well, I think what helps translate you into being an excellent just home cook is your personality already does fit that aspect. You know, my OCD. Going back to the OCD. 
which so we're talking we're trying to relate i always want to be able to relate to the listeners all of us you know i don't say regular people but at the same time if you apply certain if you just take one little thing you know maybe somebody else is too busy because they've been working 12 hours or they work their second job and they got to come home and cook a quick hamburger helper there's still little things you can do with this pre-packaged hand. It doesn't have to be fresh every time. Right. There is certain things you can do with this hamburger helper to give it that personal touch to it too. You know, for instance, last night, my wife came home. She doesn't, she wanted uh, rotisserie chicken. I'll eat it. If you take it off the bone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll take it off the bone. So you know what I did? I took the rotisserie chicken, took it off the bone. I took olive oil. I chopped it all up into small pieces. I took the olive oil and I spread it across. I took her favorite rib rub. I put it over the top. Because usually when you go buy a rotisserie chicken, it's a little bit dry. It was a Walmart rotisserie chicken. Oh, yeah, super dry. (laughs) It's a dry chicken. They've been sitting there for a minute. Yeah. So... I just took it, put a little bit of olive oil on it, put her favorite rib rub on it. I tossed it up. I wrapped it up in foil, and I put it in the oven. I set it in the oven for 400 for about 20 minutes, just enough to get it hot and get the rib rub to where it's going to develop that flavor. I opened it up, and she was like, babe, it's really good. It's one of the best chickens I've had. She'd pay for it. Well, yeah. I mean, 100%. And the chicken costs under $5. Right. So that leads me to my next point, cooking something that somebody would put value down, even if you're not going to necessarily ask for the money. Um, over the course of time, uh, is this something you would ever consider trying to go full time and open up a business? Or is it like a hobby? Because you have a bunch of other avenues that you're working on and being successful. And opening up your own spot is going to take 24-7, 100% of your attention for a longer period of time, three, four, five years to establish it. We have somebody that open up taco trucks and have opened right. up their own shops and right. you see the work that goes into it. So are you willing or, you know, I just want to get your opinion. Is this something you could see yourself doing full time? So see myself, you know, you first you said it was a hobby. I look at golf as a hobby. OK. I look at, you know, um, fishing as a hobby. Right, right. Um, as far as cooking, that is something that. I could see myself doing every day. There was a man, he used to own Giovanni's. I won't give his name out now, but he used to own it. The man says straight up, he says, you're an idiot. Why do you want to own a restaurant? He goes, you never have an off day. Never. You work for the rest of your life. Open to close. And after hours. (laughs) After hours. He said, uh, you never get to retire. Now he's retired. So I, I was like, um, work for you, but Vinny, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's yeah. kind of like, um, you, you, what you just said is kind of like contradictory. Yeah, it's contradictory. Sold it, made it <laughs> but it's a lot of stress when you talk to a lot of bar owners. If you're from the industry, it's different or like restaurant owners. If you're from the industry, you want to put in that work. Or like you're you're OK with the labor. It doesn't feel like work to you. It's exhausting. It's intensive mentally and physically but you would you do it for free so that tying it into all my creative people that i've had on just talking to other that's what i love about this the psychology behind it is you want to be successful at something you do it for free don't expect money right even with this show i love this fucking show i'm not gonna say hey please give me your money donate now 
you know, there's ways to support the show and I want people to organically support it. They, I love when people hit me up. Hey, how can I help you out? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell them how you can help me out. I'm never going to say, Hey, follow up. Hey man, did you pay me yet? No, cause right. I don't care. And it's the same thing with your cooking. I mean, eventually you want to get to the point where you're getting paid for it, but you would do it for free. And that's the best part. That's what I love about all creative people, no matter what the medium is. I enjoy making somebody's day. Yeah. Regardless on if it's a funny video or yeah, if it's a piece of meat or if it's a vegetable or if it's a, if I could climb a tree, jump out the damn tree into a big old puddle of water and you laugh, I enjoy that. Yeah. Cooking for me, I enjoy serving you a burger you know I've, I, you and me we've been like we said we've been best friends since first grade I've gave, I've served you a lot of food over the years I've said hey Andy come over and eat this man just come on and eat this I love you for th- come eat this yeah. just come eat it I don't, just come eat it I didn't care if you paid it pay, hey, give me $12 or $6 for the burger or my pork fajitas come eat yeah. this or I didn't care. I just, I enjoyed the fact that you enjoyed it. Yeah. Honestly, coming from my perspective too, I wish I could, and we always try to be critical, but also I'm not a picky eater and your food's always fucking good. You're like, tell me what you think. I wish I could offer constructive criticism sometimes, but sometimes I'm like, dude, it's fucking perfect. You're well, going, that's, you, that's, do you don't need constructive criticism. That is a problem that you do have because I want you to... F- Find something, damn it. And I can appreciate all the flavors. Anytime, that's why, um, just off the top of the head, Anthony Bourdain was always one of my biggest like role yep. models and influences. I love everything he did and his whole story. And I love when he would do travel shows. It's not about the celebrity traveling or it's not about hitting tourist spots. It's not even about hitting up-and-coming spots, trying to give them promotion and saying, hey, local dive-ins and drives. I go to this small town. This is the tourist spot. No, he would go to different countries. Yeah. And you do what the locals do. Right. It's not necessarily touristy. I like the, the local aspect of it. So you just something like this. Like so I like the home cooked vibe. Right. You know? So um, you definitely would be into like a brick and mortar spot. You could see yourself doing it though. I get eighteen hours a day. Lunch, dinner shift, ten a.m. Well, see, that's 10 the thing PM. is though. For me, I would not open up. I, you know, I see a lot of these restaurants. They open up at. 10 o'clock in the morning. They stay open through lunch. They're, they're open through the dead times of 2 o'clock to 5 o'clock. You'd be more quick. Like, hey. I, I want you to come to my restaurant and say, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve you from 5 to 10. I'm going to give you five hours. You're going to come eat the best fucking food you ever had. And that's how it's going to be. Yeah. And that's what it is. I mean, it's five. I'm giving you five hours to come into my shit. And say, look, what you got? <laughs> well, guess what? I'm giving you all I got for five hours. And you're gonna like it. So, and as far as like owning, as far as like having a product and owning a business in general, it's good to have ambitions. And everybody wants to be in the lights and have a chain restaurant. I want to own this and that. But at the end of the day, the local businesses need more credit. You know, there's this spot. It's about you don't have to be rich and famous. You don't have to be famous. You yeah. want to be successful. Provide for your family. Have your lot in life. Do something you love doing. You know, so you got your spot. You got your rules and what you want to do. Hey, from 10 to, you know, 5 to 10, come in and eat. 
Yeah. And then it grows from there, you know. And, you know, right now my goal is not to be. Some celebrity chef. Some huge. Yeah. No, it's not at all. That's why I specifically use the word home cook because we can all home relate. Cook. Home Everybody cook is different. Everybody can relate to yes. a home cook because you come home and he's about to go cook him something. He's about to go cook him something. Yep. This man right next door, he just got home. He, he's about to go cook him something. He's probably smelling my smoke still hitting him. Right. I mean, that's what it's all about. Um, it's been really fun getting to hang out. We also have a lot of stuff going on uh, behind the scenes. Uh, we got a little partnership going on. There's a lot of new content coming out. A lot of big ideas here with me and Collier. Him in particular, if you haven't seen it yet, make sure go to YouTube. Type in Doppler Crisp or Crispy Doppler. Which one was it? It's uh, Doppler Crisp. Type in, I, yeah, yeah, type in Doppler Crisp. You'll see his picture up front. It's Crispy Concepts. Click on it. Watch this video that he's got up now. We got He's got other videos lined up. We're working on putting out all kinds of content. Um, I'm, I'm kind of running up on an ad break here, so I don't mean to rush us out of here. But, I mean, it's been a good little conversation. Make sure you check him out. We got more info coming. And, uh, yeah, thanks, Collier. I appreciate you coming on and talking, man. It's been fun. Yeah, We man, could talk uh, for hours, dude. We could have a four-hour podcast. I enjoyed no you having me. I enjoyed it. I really did. All right. I'm going to talk to you soon. Thanks again to Collier for hooking me up with freshly grilled hamburgers and giving us a peek behind the curtain of someone who spends a lot of time preparing meals. Even if you didn't learn anything new as far as like cooking at home, I'm glad I got to provide some new original content for you all and hopefully you had a laugh or two at us being goofy and hanging out, talking about something we're passionate about. Thanks again to everyone who has made it this far in the show. It means a lot to me. It's important for me to continue to produce this show because as soon as I stopped, I began drinking again. I also noticed when I stopped back in March that I, be I stopped running as often caught myself sleeping in more times than not. As soon as I got rolling again with putting these episodes together, I noticed that I also started taking care better care of myself. I noticed I have more energy, more focus. As I record this, I'm on day two of being boozeless. And by the time this episode comes out, I'll be three days deep with the goal for now to beat 18 weeks because that was my previous mark from last November 9th until this March 14th. I say all this because I wouldn't have kept up with Cake and Conversation if I knew that no one was listening. After hearing all the feedback and seeing all the support from so many people because they check out every show, I know that if I keep creating content, then I'm on my right path. But I wanted to keep this closing segment short. I won't keep you all around any longer. Until next time, be safe, stand up for what you feel is right, and help make someone else's day better. Jay Vite, I'm a fan of your work, man. You need to keep on doing what you're doing. Don't stop every day. You need to record something. Write something, record something every single day. You got some talent. And uh, eventually, if you really become serious about this, you really could do something with it. So think about that, man. Love you.